welcome to episode number 30 of the Canadian Prepper Podcast, recorded July 24th, 2019. My name's Eric, I'm the host of the show, I'm based in southern Ontario, I'm a hunter, target shooter, ham radio operator, VE3 EPN, and a computer geek. I got into preparedness when I was working frontline emergency services and witnessed an over-reliance on emergency services during major events uh, such as ice storms, power outages, etc. I started a small preparedness company to help people get prepared and be able to look after themselves for at least 72 hours, if not longer. My name is Ian, and I live on a small hobby farm. I'm an outdoor enthusiast, sport shooter, reloader, field officer for the CCFR, and my farm's designated handyman. Oh, hey, that's me. I'm Alan. My friends and family call me a safety nerd. Uh, background as a first responder has developed my mind for safety. I teach first aid and coach family and friends to be better prepared. I'm a locksmith by trade. I've worked in the physical security industry for more than 20 years now. I'm not your host, but you might remember me from such podcasts as Canadian Patriot Podcast and my upcoming rap album, Driver, Exit Your Vehicle. My name is Andrew. I'm a recovering libertarian competitive shooter, firearms instructor at Ragnarok Tactical, and you should use the discount code PATRIOT at checkout and save 10% for your orders at ragnaroktactical.ca. So just out of curiosity, that that album, is that the, the companion album to Fuck the Police type of thing? I mean... I'm not saying I've ever been to Compton, but if I had been, I would definitely hang out with Biggie. <laughs> oh, see, oh, I got to click the button on YouTube now. I just swore. <laughs> That's final. <laughs> and uh, since my children are listening, kids, do as we say, not do as we say, not as we say. And to be That's fair, right. that is artistic don't, license. Don't swear. The fact that that was actually that was actually a song lyric. So technically, am I swearing? I don't know. It's technically, it's sort of no. Uh, <laughs> we're off to a great start. Moving on. <laughs> so we've got some uh, instrumental content for you in this episode. Uh, we're going to start off with some news articles relating to preparedness in the outdoors. Next, we'll be letting you know how we've improved our preparedness since the last episode. And we'll get into the main topic for this episode, critical preparedness tools. We'll move into the news. T-shirts are now available. I'm not wearing one tonight, but I wore one. On Monday on the Canadian Patriot podcast, check that out there. And I think on the last episode here, they're cool t-shirts. You should buy one. Uh, I think you can get those at rapidsurvival.com. Is that right? There you go. So rapidsurvival.com is where you can get those. Um, I have a couple of articles up. Uh, We had some pretty crazy weather here in Southern Ontario Uh, last week. uh, There were tornado warnings. Uh, The... um, uh, a couple of times there were some swirling clouds. Uh, there's some video and images that I put up. It's a CTV article. And everything looked like it was about right for the tornado, up to and including the green sky and the hail. But nothing doesn't look like anything touched down. It was really cool to watch and also a little, uh, little unnerving at the same time. Uh, another kind of breaking story out of BC. There were a couple of, uh, couple of young people out there. Uh, early this morning, I was in the gym. They were they were reported as missing persons, uh, and now they are suspects in multiple homicides. So that's um, that's how quickly right. things can change. Well, I think the original thing was two tourists went missing, right? Or uh, not missing? They were discovered murdered uh, near a set of hot springs up in northern BC. And then I guess as a uh, follow-on piece, these two teens originally thought they were missing as well, but it turns out they might have done it. They they may very well have been the perpetrators. Yeah. All right. For myself, I think Eric and I might have copycatted each other here, but uh, I had an article from the CBC uh, regarding uh, British Columbia earthquake preparedness. And basically it was an article saying most BC residents are not prepared for an earthquake. And uh, as he, yeah, I know. (laughs) 
<laughs> In other news, Stop water is wet. Uh, it says only 13% of households have a complete plan for earthquake preparedness. And I would counter that. I would say it's not even a quarter of that, but um, maybe 3%. And, and, and let's say, let's, let's even go on with like complete plan. I mean, I think most people know the idea of let's stand in a doorway, but even earlier today, the Red Cross was saying that's not your best bet. Yeah. That's another future episode. I, I would give yeah. the actual number at 3%. What would you say, Andrew? 3% is generous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Definitely generous. <laughs> the challenge is that we're preaching to the choir because anybody that watches this is already prepared for that. So It's true. They are that 3%. Mm-hmm. It, it's not a news article, but I uh, I got to tell a guy at work that if he shows up to my house in the event of the apocalypse, that he would be the first person I get to shoot. <laughs> and that's, of course, he brought his own food supply, weapons, uh, tactical tactical plan, and, and, you know, everything. Why would I need all of that stuff? I've seen your basement. Nah. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was pretty classic. You are a threat until proven otherwise. Well, that's the thing is, I mean, a lot of these people realize that, you know, you're not preparing for you and everybody else in the entire world. You're preparing for your own immediate, you know, team members, whether it be your family or a mag or whatever, nobody's planning on, on helping absolutely everybody that shows up at their door. That's true. Quite the opposite. Uh, Very much the opposite. And it does appear that uh, I have copycatted one of your articles there, so I will uh, I will skip that one. And uh, I'll go to uh, one article here about Calgary and slashing emergency service transit and affordable housing in a $60 million budget cuts. Um, specifically, one of the areas... Uh, is the lower disaster preparedness at the emergency management agency. So that was, uh, we had an article in there a couple episodes ago, how they were just kind of getting that started. And now uh, they're slashing the funds. That sucks. They're going to have a balanced budget, but people are going to die. Well, yep. it'll, it'll boil down to an election platform thing. When a, 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 some sort of disaster strikes the Calgary area, area, then some guy will promise extra funding for it as an election, election idea, right? And then they'll slash it three weeks later. Yeah. Yeah. Some of you may die, but that's a sacrifice I'm willing to make. That sounds like a typical politician. It, it does. <laughs> All right, everybody vote Alan. <laughs> <That's great>. <laughs> <laughs> there are worse options. This is true, yes. Uh, not really. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move into what we've done lately for our preps. So for myself, uh, I know I mentioned the last episode that I was uh, sort of pre-planning my security camera setup. Uh, spent the weekend with a couple of buddies and uh, a bunch of beer. Uh, the cameras are now set up, wired, and working. And they have been uh, for a couple of days now without any hiccups. So uh, that's good. And uh, actually just finished up this evening before the podcast started. Swapped out all the filters in the uh, the water system here. Cleaned out the water softener uh, resin bed. And got that all uh, kind of topped up and, and fixed up. And I've got clean water for a while. Does that, uh, those water filters, those are the Berkey types? Uh, no, this is the, the whole home uh, water filtration system I have because I've got the, the well for water. So I, I put it through just a, like a five micron um, spun filter before it uh, hits the UV and then comes up through the house. Ah, okay. And the water softener yeah. is the big bag of, or big uh, tub of salt or which? Uh, the the big tub of salts, yeah. And then I just put some cleaner through it to, to clean up the resins. I got uh, high iron, iron content here in the water. So I, I clean it out every probably every year or so is, is what I'm shooting for, but it usually turns in every year and a half as well. Like uh, I'm lazy. So. <laughs> cool. You're busy uh, preparing other, you're busy preparing for other things instead. There you go. That sounds a lot better. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, as for myself, I uh, volunteered for a day in the spirit of building some community contacts. I spent the day at uh, Victoria fish and game on behalf of the CCFR. 
So I was, uh, that was actually my first time doing that. So I didn't kind of learn the ropes on how to, uh, you know, approach the public about uh, firearms rights and awareness. And uh, it was actually a very interesting time. Met some like-minded people, which is always a good thing in the local area. Um, also sent in some roosters for processing. Uh, if it wasn't for the time constraints, I'd do it myself. But unfortunately, it's just uh, too much all at once right now. Uh, those actually the, uh, back in January, February, I think I mentioned I had some unseasonable hatches there. So instead of fall time, these guys are ready midsummer because they hatched out in a really weird time. So that was good. So another another dozen or so roosters in the freezer. Um, a question out. that has been plaguing humanity, Ian, though, is did you keep the big black cock? Oh, you beat me to it. Ah, oh, yeah. Matter of fact, yes. Um, <laughs> he was such a charming little guy, we couldn't get rid of him. So he's uh, he re- he actually won the face off with another rooster. So the other rooster nice. unfortunately had to go down the road, and that was that. So. <laughs> so he's still wandering around and uh let's see here so i knocked down some more fire hazard trees and then i've uh, basically just been catching up on work fatigue here because uh, trying to catch up on my sleep because i've had a lot of night shifts lately so uh not a whole lot of prepping in the actual doomsday itself just a lot of peripheral stuff that's how it goes um i've spent a fair bit of time in school the last uh last week or so it's been um um uh, a lot of fun. We actually uh, did some did some forced entry and some ladder work and all kinds of cool stuff there. So, uh, if you ever have a chance to go to fire school, do it. It's a ton of fun and a ton of great knowledge. Uh, I'm getting my together to start my first stop the bleed class and uh, teaching my first class about four weeks. And then, uh, in terms of actual home preparedness, um, rotated some bottled water in and out. So I got. Uh, got some new, got some fresh bottles in, and uh, got a couple of cases out and uh, out and used. Did you get over uh, get a hold of our mutual friend there regarding the uh, the props? Yes, indeed. Um, some some excellent direction there. I've got uh, I've got a few ideas, and I think I'm going to start on the cheap and work up to the really cool stuff that he does. Okay, cool. Because yeah, okay. it's uh, yeah. it's it's a really really cool system, but it's uh, it's not cheap. No. All right, Andrew. Andrew. All right, so it's, it's been a, I don't know, a couple of 10 episodes since I've been on. Maybe 20 episodes, you know, who's counting? Um, <laughs> lately, a couple of projects going on in our house. We've made uh, 10 gallons worth of beer. So I did two different single malt, single hop batches at two and a half gallons to try something out, do a little experiment. And uh, I've got five gallons of Irish Red Ale that'll be ready to bottle and start drinking this week. So nice. swimming in beer. Yeah. Yeah. We got 10, ba- 10 gallons of beer on the go right now and uh, plans insane. to do another five gallon batch coming up. We're just getting everything ingredients wise I- sorted out. Nice. Well, it's important to rotate that stuff to keep it fresh too. So you want to make sure you That's keep right. making more, right? Yeah. Very important. Especially with that three week lead time, you got to have, you know, what's being brewed and what's being ready to bottle and what you're almost finished drinking. So. Nice. Uh, so we're working through 15 gallons of 556 brass that needs to be processed because I'm running out of five-gallon pails. So I'm trying to get all my 556 processed, and the reason for that is service rifle. Uh, so I shoot competitively with the Ontario Rifle Association, and I'm planning to attend the National Service Conditions Championship this year. So there has been a lot of shooting in my recent past, and there's going to be a lot more shooting in my very near future, so I'm trying to get all my brass prep done so that I can start loading surface rifle ammo. And for anyone listening from the base or from the RA, I'm definitely not using reloads because that would violate a policy. I am definitely only shooting factory ammo, and this is only for practice. 
I'm legally required to say that this is a joke. <laughs> um, just for curiosity, where's the Nationals this year? Uh, so every year, National Service Conditions Championship are held at the Connaught Ranges in Ottawa. Um, service stuff is a week of shooting, a couple of days of operational pistol, a couple of days of uh, politically incorrect term is sniper matches, um, long range precision rifle, and uh, about four, four or five days of service rifle matches. Oh, wow. Cool. So Nationals is a long and time-consuming and rather expensive event. Yeah, no kidding. So, so it's a lot of ammo. It's not a cheap hobby, no matter what. Ton of fun, though. Mm-hmm. Oh, super fun. We, uh, we've had a bunch of matches recently, so I've got the, uh, the team that I'm shooting with at Nationals is coming along quite nicely. We're getting our scores up there. We're all looking at 600 points on the board and... The matches can be, I think the matches match max out at 750 points. So we're oh, wow. all, we're all getting up there. Wow. That's awesome. Very nice. Yeah. And of course this is all. When, you know, uh, when are the, when are the nationals held? When is that? Uh, National service conditions championship is the first week of September. Okay. So you're getting close, but five, six weeks out. Yeah, about five weeks. And then after that, we're going to roll right over into TACOM and I'm, Going to be running the Ragnarok tactical booth there, so we're getting all that stuff ready. Nice. Well, at least it's uh, at least it's not boring. No, certainly not. <laughs> all right, it's time to uh, move into the main topic of the show. All right, well, I have to apologize for the clickbait title I put on the uh, the YouTube, <laughs> which was "Tools for the Apocalypse." But uh, for myself, I mean, you guys can war game it however you want. But I just kind of had a line uh, more in line with everyday doomstead preparedness so uh focusing on hand tools i guess but the bonus is that they are all emp proof if you want to take it to that extreme um i don't even didn't even know where to start but i was just thinking about stuff i use regularly around the the uh the farm here just to keep stuff uh from a preparedness perspective uh handy first one is the the bench vice bigger the better i guess there's no such thing as too big of a bench vice basically because i i've used it on everything from wheel rims to axe heads to ar-15s to whatever it's just one of those things that you can't possibly have a, a big enough bench vice to to hold everything um also right off the bat apologies to wrangler star the other youtube star there that uh focuses on his wooden axed uh, hand tools and stuff but fiskars because uh unlimited lifetime warranty and for me, the plastic kind of comes in handy and uh, with a wet climate. And if you happen to run over one with a quad, uh, so a friend told me, or, you know, damage it in any way, shape or form, they replace it for free, which is kind of handy. That's good. And they're really not, they're really not terribly expensive either. And um, the blade, the, the, you know, the steel in the blades is not the sharpest, like it's not the hardest or the, uh, the most stable, but it is excellent value for the purchase price. And you can't beat the warranty. Well, yeah, just like well, what Craftsman tools used to be before Sears, dis- you know, disintegrated. But uh, same thing with five eleven <laughs> gear, four types of optics. It's all the same idea. I mean, um, they basically back up their their product. And if you happen to, with a big axe, you know, hit too far on the far side of the log, and it happens to shatter the handle or whatever, it's a replacement because these things are kind of built tough, uh, surprisingly tough for the price, and uh, they work great. So, can't replace the axe heads though. They're they're there for life. Nice. That's pretty I'll cool. Add one of those to my list. Uh, next, uh, of course, Canadian Tire with uh, for, uh, with um, Fiskars, they put everything on sale about every six weeks or so. So wait for the sales. That's the actual price. 
Uh, yes. um, it doesn't go on sale at crappy tire. Yeah. So just wait <laughs> the six weeks, get it on sale and you'll get the proper price for it. Uh, this one yep. will come in handy for uh, those uh, firearms minded as well. But the, the hand drill uh, available for about $2 at a garage sale. Usually um, EMP proof, no battery required. It's amazing what you can do for as far as precise drilling goes, but everything from rivets or, you know, screw holes. So if you're, you're, uh, cordless screwdriver battery happens to die or you're in the middle of nowhere and need something that works continuously. It's, it's a great little tool. Nice. Absolutely. I have a, I have a smaller hand drill as well. It's uh, it's, it's just a, like a rack and pinion system almost um, that I've used for years in precision work. Um, jewelers tend to use those as well, as far as I can tell, um, because of just a big battery powered thing would be too heavy, but yeah, they're that, that bit and brace that was, you know, you can drill six inch holes with that if you really wanted to. Yeah, actually, and you guys, have you guys heard of the Yankee screwdriver? Absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, it's basically just like the original power, power screwdriver. So it's all, uh, non-electric and all you have to do is push hard on it. And, um, basically it spins as soon as you push on it or pull on it, it spins just like an old drill. And it was the original, original power tool. It's actually uh, pretty cool. I got one for my grandpa. I don't even know where it is right now. It's in the, in the pile somewhere behind me, but, uh, it's a pretty handy little tool. Yeah, it's that was that was the uh, the first locksmith shop that I worked at. That was you uh, couldn't master, master the Yankee screwdriver. You couldn't you you weren't you weren't welcome in the shop. That was a it takes a little bit of takes a little bit of finesse to to be able to use it effectively. But once you've got it going, especially with machine screws, um, you can spin machine screws in and out really really quickly. Yeah, no, for sure, it's a handy little tool. Uh, so I guess as well as kind of a, from a preparedness perspective, to make sure you keep keep the house warm process the logs build shelters whatever wood processing tools you want to have a uh, axe a hatchet and a bow saw handy again i'm gonna harp on the garage sales a little bit more but i got this four foot bow saw i think i paid 20 bucks for it um but it's massive uh, big enough to handle any tree that i think has come across yet yeah, and uh, yeah big saw <laughs> good enough. probably uh, could use two people on it if you really wanted to uh carpenter's saw if you want to build something and then the rest of it, I think we're all going to kind of overlap each other here. But uh, bottom line for me is garage sales because, um, you know, you could talk about solar panels. Uh, the kitchen shears from the dollar store or Andrew can talk about maybe trauma shears. They're pretty handy. Um, anything else? Yeah, just get as bunch of hand tools that you can from the garage sale. You'll probably be better off for it. Oh, yeah, garage sales are great. Socket sockets are fantastic. Um, if you, I mean, basic hand tools. Everybody should have a good set of basic hand tools: screwdrivers, wrenches, sockets, a um, couple of couple of different kinds of pliers, things like that. Just you know, the general things so that you can take stuff apart and put it back together. Um, because we live in Canada, you have uh, we have uh, amazing crossover between American systems where you'll you'll still see some slot screws out there somewhere uh, and Phillips head and you'll also see Robertson head that we have here. Um, slot and Phillips should you know die in a fire as far as I'm concerned. Uh, Robertson is the far superior. Uh, Robertson torques are probably the best and uh, um, also the difference between metric and imperial sizes. Um, metric sockets and imperial sockets do not cross over terribly well so have both on hand yeah it's because like my honda quad everything is uh, in millimeters uh, 10 millimeters seems to take apart 90 percent of the quad but everything else seems to work on uh imperial and it's so it's important to have both sets around 
the other thing I was going to mention too, you're talking socket sets is the breaker bar. Simply the fact is just an oversized, you know, non-mechanical, like, or sorry, non-ratcheted uh, item. Just basically helps you loosen up the, uh, the rusted on screws or the stuff that might be frozen in certain parts of Canada. It's uh, I didn't really think I'd need one as bad as I did until I moved here. So one of the, uh, one of those little tips and tricks that I, that I was taught um, by a mechanic is that one of the best things to use to help loosen um, rusted nuts and bolts is a little bit of uh, automatic transmission fluid thinned out with a little bit of acetone and let that sit for 20 or 30 minutes, spray it on, let it sit for 20 or 30 minutes. And that will, uh, that will reduce the amount of effort that it takes to get that nut moving. Hmm. Just as an aside. Interesting. Yes. Yeah, so um, I think anybody's mentioned what, sorry? A basic hammer yet. Always something good to have handy. handy. Everything's, a, everything's a hammer if you try hard enough. True. <laughs> this is true. Yeah. And then if we're going to go down that path, I'm just going to uh, change the uh, change the subject here. <laughs> uh, a good folding knife as well. Obviously, uh, my list is starting to turn into the EDC episode that I missed a couple episodes ago. Um, a flashlight of some sort as well. You know, those are handy little tools. Mentioned um, the solar chargers. We're doing the show and tell thing. Nope. Hello. Oh, I got to get on the camera here. What do you got there? Oh, yeah, nice. Yeah, so a little solar solar charger that does uh, USB. Okay. Ooh. Yeah. So how long does it take those to... Are, uh... Sorry, we're... Oh, sorry, go where ahead. Can, where can we get those, by the way? Oh, <laughs> take a while to guess. Your first three guesses don't count. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So uh, out of curiosity, how long would that take to charge a phone or anything like that? Uh, so I had this one out on the boat with me just fishing and the, the phone was down about 20% and I, it was direct sunlight and it, it brought my phone up about 80% in about half hour, 40 minutes. So, wow. Nice. Yeah. That's better than my landline plug-in. Yeah. And what's, what's uh, for the uh, audio listeners, what's the brand name on that one? Uh, this is a solar 21 charger. All right. Cool. Yeah. They're quite handy to have, and they fold up nice and small too. So just throw it in a backpack. That is uh, that is cool. I, yeah. I want one. Oh, there you go. You know where to get them. Add it to the, add it to the list of shiny kit that I need to get from dropinsurvival.com. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what else we got? Yeah. Um, so you've mentioned here, Alan, chainsaw. Those are always good to have. Yeah, Especially I think everybody should have a chainsaw. I, I don't have one, but I mean, chainsaws are valuable for absolutely everything up to and including zombies. Yeah. Um, but when it doesn't work, that's where that giant bow saw comes in. Um, probably my favorite tool. If I had to pick one tool um, to use for everything, I would pick my foobar. It's a, it's a, it's a tool made by Stanley. Uh, one end is a pry bar. There are a couple of different sizes. The one I have is about 36 inches long. Um, so it's a, like a pry bar at one end, like a, um, like a, a bent fork kind of, uh, why am I having a, such a hard time finding that name? Like a wrecking bar, not a wrecking bar. Pry bar? Cat's paw kind of thing. Pry bar. Crowbar. Crowbar is what I was going for there. Um, the other end, however, has a striking face, like a hammer face. It's uh, And a um, kind of a chipping, chiseling kind of tip. And then it also has some teeth that will that are specifically designed to grip two by lumber. So it'll grip two by four, two by six lumber pretty readily and gives you lots of leverage to twist and pry and get it out uh, and, you know, move, move and remove things. Um, I've used that. I actually used that last week to, uh, to take a steel door and frame out of a concrete wall. And I had that door and frame out in about 15 minutes. 
nice with that one tool. So that was uh, that's you know mortar mortar filled mortar filled frame um, had that apart and yeah about fifteen minutes and there was just a big hole left in the wall. So if I had one cho- one tool to choose, uh, it would be that because it's uh, um, it'll do a whole lot of stuff. So that was pretty cool. Uh, I also think everybody should have a good set of uh, good set of wrecking tools. So good you know that wrecking bar or that um, breaker bar is good. Nice big long pry bar crowbar. Um, it's good for all kinds of all kinds of wonderful things. You know, moving rocks, moving trees, moving vehicles, keeping zombies at bay. I added I added some cribbing and wedges, um, mostly because when I wrote this, I was in the middle of a fire. I was in, I was on my lunch break at fire school, and uh, we use cribbing and wedges for absolutely everything. You know, stabilizing a vehicle, you can stabilize a you know the corner of a building with it if it's been knocked over. But just some four by four blocks of lumber. Um, and take that four by four and cut it on an angle to create a wedge. Um, if you don't use it for anything else other than propping up your car to do maintenance, you can do that with it. Uh, but that was, you know, that was one of those things. There are, you know, a million videos on YouTube about how to how to properly crib things. But uh, it's just one of those handy things. So that if you, you know, if you don't happen to have a jack stand handy, then that that cribbing will do the job. Um. If you don't have paracord and duct tape on hand, then you can go ahead and stop listening now because you're not a real prepper. <laughs> buy the good stuff. Oh yeah, buy the buy the made in America stuff for the paracord if you can. Um, yeah, might pay absolutely. a little more, but it's worth every bit. And get it on the spool; it seems to work better. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, duct tape again. Buy the buy the good stuff. Um, Gorilla, I've I've used Gorilla brand duct tape for a while now, and I, I like it. It's uh, I think I find it holds up pretty well. It's harder to rip than the than kind of the cheap stuff. Um, that said, I do keep uh, the like dollar store um, fluorescent orange duct tape on hand. I can just use it for you know marking trails and stuff. Uh, I keep some of that wrapped around an old credit card. I can toss that in my pocket. It doesn't take up any space. It doesn't take up any weight. Um, overlapping on the wrenches and sockets, but I'm going to add into that vice grips. Um, vice grips have their place. Uh, they they do all kinds of things, including removing nuts and bolts, but also holding stuff together. Uh, there are all kinds of different sizes and shapes and tensions and all kinds of stuff. But uh, um, a couple of different sizes of that will would do a really good job. I think of uh, it's it's one of those really versatile tools. Actually, on the subject of wrenches, the one thing I forgot to mention was the uh, AR-15 Armorer's wrench because whatever brand you get. I mean, just get one. And I didn't think I'd use one as often as I do, but it's amazing how handy these things are. Like I was kind of making do without for up until a couple of years ago. Now I can't live without it. So huh. it's actually kind of amazing. Yeah, cool. Yeah. I'm and sure. make sure if, yeah, and that's, you know, that's a really good point. Like if you have specific, specific things and specific equipment that need specific tools, make sure you have that stuff, um, for it and i'm a big fan of if there's a tool that's specific to a to a piece of equipment put it with that piece of equipment so you don't have to um, another episode entirely is organizing your gear so that you can find it when you want it um, that's part of my part of my summer project is uh is renovating my garage so i can actually see uh see all my tools see where they are have access to them quickly um maybe we'll do a do a walk through a, a walk through after i've done some uh, finish the renovations in my garage, but um, that's it, it's super important to do it that way. Be able to find your stuff, oh, yeah. keep it handy. Stuff's, stuff's no good to you if you can't find it. Exactly. Um, one of the things that I've been taught over the years, and it keeps getting reinforced over and over and over again, is don't put your tools on the ground. If you put a tool on the ground, you're going to lose it. 
It's going to fall in the long grass. You're going to lose it in the snow. You're going to forget where you put it down. Um, unless it happens to be really, really shiny, it's going to disappear into the ground really quickly. So yes. uh, don't put your tools in the ground. Put them right back in the, in the, in the toolbox. Teach your kids to do the same. <laughs> I've lost many, yeah. many tools to the ground. Yes. I remember years and years ago, I had a car and I had to, I was on the car to do something. I think I was patching a hole in the rad and I found a screwdriver. I found a flathead screwdriver that was about 20 inches long, 20 inches long. And it, it had been left in there by a mechanic at some other, at some previous service. <laughs> it happens all the time. I like, Year, all my years of pulling wire for security systems in uh, in commercial buildings. You stick your head up in the uh, stick your head up in the acoustic tiles of any commercial building, and look around a little. You're going to find tools. You're going to find rolls of electrical tape. You're going to find drywall saws. You're going to find screwdrivers and wires and wire snips and all kinds of stuff up there. Oh yes. Found a uh, found a propane torch in a ceiling one time. <laughs> oh. Yep. Plumber had left it up. Plumber put it down. And it's it's natural habit, right? I I'm going to switch tasks. I'm going to put this down, empty my hand, and do my thing, and then you just forget to pick it up. So if you always put it back in the toolbox every single time, you're never going to lose tools. Andrew. So on the topic of having the right tool for the job, as somebody who spends a lot of time tinkering with firearms. Uh, I would strongly recommend that you spend the money and import the right thing from Brownells or find some other tool. The Wheeler stuff is not bad and is readily available for the firearms thing, but getting the, the right armor's wrench for your AR, the Magpul one or the DPMS one being personal favorites, Magpul one being Magpul, DPMS being drop-forged steel, and then all of the other little fiddly bits and pieces, the precision screwdriver set that gets put aside just for the guns because of all the particular types of screws that are on them, which are just ever so slightly different than every other screwdriver that you own, which is infinitely annoying. But again, like just get the 140 piece clip from Brownells and call it a day. Yeah, I got the not Wheeler good. Engineering right here that uh, are not bad. I, I've never seen any problems with any of the Wheeler stuff. I just I think the Brownells house brand stuff, because it's U.S. made, U.S. manufactured and lifetime warrantied is is my preference. But there's a lot of fiddly things, especially with ARs and bolt pins and catches and roll pin holders and starter punches and all of the fiddly things to do AR-15 work. There's there's the right roll pin and there's the right starter punch and there's the wrong ones and the wrong ones never fit and it'll never quite work. And wheelers like uh, Fiskars, same thing. If any of their bits break, they replace them for free. Um, also, the reaction rod. I don't know if you guys have ever seen that before, but uh, I'm sure you have, Andrew, but uh, another, yes. tool, another tool would be very handy. You get the double-ended one works for uh, AR-10s and AR-15s. Yes, that's the uh, Geisley that makes that? Uh, Geisley and or you can get the Chinesium, the finest Chinesium from TNA. Uh, I, I think I'd, I'd spend the money on the Geisley personally. I uh, I don't have a reaction rod, but I do have a set of blocks. Um, like injection molded plastic goes in your vice and holds your upper or lower. Yep. So you, you have a way to clamp it in because I'm also a big fan of the bench vice, same as you. Bench vices are for everything. I literally, I sent you a picture earlier. I'm doing my brass prep and I have a drill chucked into a vice with my brass tool chucked into my drill because I don't want to hold on to three or four different things that I literally have a tool to hold on to my other tool. 
but yeah, definitely for the uh, the firearm stuff, getting the right tool. And I think that's applicable to everything. Uh, 10 mil bolts uh, seem to be the norm. So I have I actually just have a bag of 10 mil ratchet heads. Uh, what do you call it? Sockets? Sockets. So yeah. I always seem to, yeah, I always seem to misplace the, the 10 that seems to go missing because everything is a 10 now on cars. Pretty much. Every, yeah, everything on cars is 10 mil. You got to have, you got to have five. Two is one, one is none, have 10. Yeah, I just have a little, I have a little pile next to my, my ratchet set. And it's just tens because that seems to be what everything is now is tens or nearly tens. Um, the other thing that you guys didn't cover that I, uh, I'm a big fan of is cutting tools. And, uh, I, I don't mean like saws. I mean, like, I want blow torches and things. Let's light oh, stuff on yeah, fire. Yeah, acetylene torches are pretty cool. I'm, uh, I'm a fan of those. I also like my, uh, my cordless grinder. That's pretty awesome. I'm a yeah, Milwaukee uh, fan. I'm, I have all Milwaukee tools. I am also a Milwaukee fan, and same thing. It's uh, as long as you don't use it commercially, it's guaranteed forever. So oh. for your your home consumer, wait till it goes on sale. Uh, my local hardware yep. store, we have a we have a local country tool shed or whatever they are, and it's like a mom and pop kind of operation. But they are a Milwaukee and Dewalt. So wait till they have their annual sale and go stock up on all the Milwaukee stuff when the reps there and get your free batteries. And I'm. Unfortunately, totally bought into the whole ecosystem of power tools. So I'm, I'm a Milwaukee 18 volt guy. All my stuff is Milwaukee 18 volt. Yep. Because I don't want to mess around, and then you end up with like six batteries, and you don't run out, and have your chargers, and have all your batteries charged, and keep them in your toolbox yep. with all your tools. All my all my cordless tools are Milwaukee, just like you. I've got like seven chargers and about 15 batteries, and 10 or 12 different tools. My cordless saws all will go through anything. I absolutely love it. Um, we actually, um, you know, if you, if you open up the side of most fire or most fire trucks, you'll find a cordless tool set. Um, my general rule is if it's good enough for the fire department, it's good enough for me. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's a good way to do it. I think, and I'm a, I'm a big fan of the power tool. Not that there's anything wrong with Ian's handsaw, but I'm lazy and I have other things to do. And so long as I have power, I can charge my batteries. Well, that, that's just it, right? I mean, we're planning for the worst and hoping for the best. If I'm planning for the worst, um, my worst case scenario around here is that I'm probably going to be a week without power. Um, I can do a lot of work with, you know, eight or 10 batteries um, while I'm waiting for the power to come back on. I also have, I can also run my, I can also charge batteries off a generator, off the inverter in my car, right? Like, you know, there's, um, there's, I've got a lot of options before I have to go to hand tools. Oh yeah, no. I mean, I prefer I use power tools for everything, pretty much. But it's just nice for the two or three bucks that might cost you for the saw or whatever. It's just nice to have it as a backup. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I I am unfortunately remiss in that area. I'm also on the the Fisker strain and the buy it on sale at Canadian Tire plan. Yeah, Smart the uh, the lo- I was telling the other guys the local restore. I mean, you get these uh, carpenter saws for like two bucks, three bucks type of thing, and just throw a little can of paint on them. Um. And yeah, before you know it, you got a, a ready-made standby tool just in case. Well, uh, another, another point is understanding how to maintain your tools, right? Like learn how to learn you. how to sharpen your knives, learn how to sharpen your your saw blades. Um, it, it's a piss poor operator that blames his tools, but you have but a sharp but a dull a dull knife is a dangerous knife. A sharp knife will will is is, is safer. So um, maintain your tools, take care of them. You know, rust is rust is cancer. Yeah, you know, take, yeah take care. Take care of your stuff. Don't leave. It's another reason to not leave it on the ground. Um, oil a little bit. Um, also, just on that note, um, a good thing to have around are various types of lubricants. Um, WD forty is the tool of the devil. Don't use it on anything. Just 
as an aside, um, silicone is good. Lithium is good. WD-40 is terrible. Stop using it. Stop buying it. Make it go away. No, I use a uh, break-free Teflon-based one uh, for a lot of stuff. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. not not just for guns. It's for all sorts of tools, bikes, whatever, and it works great around here. Yep, you lube stuff that lube stuff that pivots and what is it? Lube stuff that pivots and grease stuff that slides, right? Slides. Yeah. Yeah. And thank you for bringing that up because that was that was my next thing was that we we need to talk about lubricants because you can never have too much lube. <laughs> There's a joke in there somewhere. I'm just not sure. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know where it is. Yeah. So I, I, I'm going to disagree that you can never have too much lube. Uh, you can never have too much lube available. I think is that is probably a better statement. I'm just saying, like, statement. Th- you can buy a 55 gallon drum of KY on Amazon. I'm just saying you have options. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can spend uh, that prime. Errol's, Errol's yeah, I, I, my go. My, my go-tos are lithium grease and um, silicone. Um, I, I'm partial to the three-in-one brand because it's fairly cheap and readily available in my area. But um, silicone is like silicone spray is uh, the best stuff for pivots. And lithium grease, whether it's in a spray can or in a stick or both, um, is good for um, good for anything that slides, and uh, also makes a decent cutting lubricant. So um, you know. That's you know the next evolution is understand how your tools work, right? So if you just if you're going to just start uh, um, start arbitrarily drilling with a dull you know with a, a dull half inch drill bit through, trying to get through stainless steel, you're not going to get very far. But understand the limits of your tools, um, use them well, keep them sharp, keep them cool. Um, the last kind of really important point of working with tools is if the steel turns blue, it's get it's soft. Um, Machinist told me that one time. He's like, rule number one: if the if the steel turns blue, it's soft as poo. Um, don't overheat your don't overheat anything while you're while you're working with it. It's going to dull your tools. It's going to break things. It's going to make your life miserable, and it's going to set you back, uh, which is not what we want. We want to be moving forward towards our goal. All right. That's all I have to say about that. No more KY jelly. No, there's nothing wrong with KY. You just got to use it appropriately. (laughs) That's a different podcast altogether. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Maybe we'll, uh, we'll move into the podcast challenge then. So challenge for this episode is build something, anything using only hand tools and then uh, show us what you come up with. Once you get it built, whatever it is that you built, um, send us an email into feedback at pepperpodcast.ca with a picture of what it is. And uh, we'll talk about it on the next episode. Bonus or points. tag us on your Facebook on the Facebook page. Uh, yes, you can do that too. Yeah. Bonus or you points, can, or you can. Oh, sorry, I was going to say bonus points if they bought a hand tool at the garage sale. Yes. Uh, yes. Yep. And uh, yeah, or you can uh, you can send it send it to me on Instagram or whatever. But let us know what you did because that would be cool to see. And upcoming events. Our list is getting small again. Yeah, so uh, just a quick note for the listeners, uh, there's going to be a platform change out because Google Hangouts, which is where we record the podcast, is coming to an end at the end of the month. So uh, please check iTunes or our YouTube channel. I might put a specific video on there to f- on how to find us if anything drastic happens and uh, we have to change platforms. Hopefully we'll get something worked out. And, uh, some shout outs. Uh, I'm going to shout out my kids who are still listening, hopefully. Uh, you're awesome and we have some fun stuff planned for the weekend so be prepared 
Uh, so I got a just quick shout out to everybody that's uh, liked us so far on Facebook. Uh, we're up over 100 likes already, so uh, that's impressive for only being on Facebook for what is it, a couple weeks now. So uh, much cool. appreciated. That's going to help uh, get us kind of noticed and uh, and get the word out there. So keep on throwing those likes our way. It's much appreciated. All right. I guess I should send a shout out to Alan's kids as well. Don't talk like Uncle Ian. <laughs> <laughs> also, don't refer to him as Uncle Ian because oh, yeah, that's yeah, going to raise right. a lot of questions. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah. Uh, so for email and iTunes reviews, uh, we are up to 27 five stars on uh, iTunes. The uh, the one four star, but don't worry about that little guy. Uh, no emails since the last episode. The uh, the inbox has been pretty dry for a little while here. Uh, so yeah, fire some emails in. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It is. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. We're gonna get a whole pile of pictures of KY now, and probably some that I can't see. Look <laughs> uh, at this great deal I got. <laughs> uh, yeah, we got a whole bunch of followers still uh, coming in on Podbean. Uh, as far as comments go, nothing new there either. But uh, a whole lot of new people following, so that's good to see. Uh, we're still growing in numbers, so that's uh, that's good. Gives us a reason to keep coming back every Wednesday. I gotta take one quick second to say hi to. Tim, who's uh, commenting on our on the YouTube channel. Tim, I do see you, but um, um, cool on the rabbits. I would love to learn. I would love to breed rabbits. That's uh, kind of our plan for the next couple of years is rabbits and chickens. But that's uh, that's what I have to say about that. So, Tim, cool. Thanks for letting us know what's going on out in your uh, um, out in your part of the world. And uh, the rabbits are an awesome idea. Neat. Because with that, uh, I'll bring episode number 30 of the Canadian Prepper podcast to an end. Uh, you can find the podcast on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, and your favorite podcast app. Uh, please help us out. Take a few minutes, submit a review. Uh, it helps us uh, get uh, noticed by other people and helps uh, helps them find us. Uh, you can find us at prepperpodcast.ca. And, of course, uh, we're now on the Facebook, so you can find us there as well. Make sure you're searching for the Canadian Prepper podcast, not just the Canadian Prepper. That's a different person entirely. Yes, we have absolutely. I'm sure he's a lovely person. He's just not us. Yep. No, absolutely. Zero affiliation. Uh, we, as of right now, we do record these shows on YouTube live chats. Uh, again, stay tuned for how that might change and how you can still find us. But uh, if you, for now, if you want an early peek at the show, subscribe to our YouTube channel, the Canadian Prepper podcast. Click the notifications tab. That gives you an alert when we're going live. Uh, if you want to contact me directly, you can find me on Instagram at PPSWO. Where can everyone find you, Andrew? Uh, you're probably going to want to listen to Canadian Patriot Podcast, the number one live podcast in Canada. We record Monday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern. For now. <clears throat> For now. I, I think I've got a solution to that problem, but we'll, we'll, we'll see. I don't know. We'll still be the number one podcast after that, even if it's not live on YouTube. And you also have a website, I understand. Yes, the uh, your listeners. Actually, I received an email from one of your listeners recently, and I want to thank your audience for, after we did the first aid show, going to ragnaroktactical.ca, using the discount code PATRIOT, and saving money on their first aid supplies. Somebody specifically wrote in and thanked me for coming on your show and letting them know where to buy good stuff. Awesome. <laughs> Excellent. Well, you can reach me directly uh, by e emailing Ian at the Island Retreat at gmail.com. And uh, you can also find me giving my two cents worth on Canadian Patriot Podcast once in a while, as long as Andrew continues to allow me to show up. 
there you can find us exposing more government waste, squirreling off on the odd fires related banter, and generally drowning our sorrows for online versus at the local watering hole. Kids, you are not allowed to watch that podcast. Oh yeah, <laughs> it is. It is not a family. It, friendly it is show. not kid friendly. No, no. Sorry, <laughs> that was never the target demographic. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so please uh, check out Rapid Survival at uh, rapidsurvival.com. Uh, you can get me there in the live chat while you're buying some prepper gear. Uh, you can also email me at feedback at prepperpodcast.ca. Uh, thanks for joining us, and uh, tune in for the next episode. We're going to be talking about building an individual first aid kit or an IFAC. So until next time, uh, be prepared, stay safe, and keep learning. Mm-hmm.